0: Chapter Twenty-Two of Gold by Stuart Edward White. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The strike. We awoke next morning to a bright day. The helmeted quail were calling. The bees were just beginning a sun-warmed hum among the bushes. A languorous warmth hung in the air, and a Sunday stillness. It was as though we awakened to a new world, untrodden by men which was indeed a good deal the case. While we ate breakfast, we discussed our plans. The first necessity, of course, was to find out about gold. To that end, we agreed to separate for the day, prospecting far and wide. Bagsby kept camp, and an eye on the horses. He displayed little interest in the gold proposition, but insisted strongly that we should carry both our rifles and revolvers it would be difficult to describe the thrill of anticipation with which i set off up the valley the place was so new so untouched so absolutely unknown the high ridges on either side frowned down austerely upon the little meadows that smiled back quite unabashed as i crossed the dry brown meadow toward the river a covey of quail whirled away before me lit and paced off at a great rate Two big grouse roared from a thicket. The river was a beautiful, clear stream, with green, wavery water whirling darkly in pools, or breaking white among the stones. As my shadow fell upon it, I caught a glimpse of a big trout scurrying into the darkness beneath a boulder. Picking my way among the loose stones, I selected a likely place on the bar and struck home my pick. I have since repeated the sensation of that day on a smaller scale of course in whipping untried trout waters same early excitement and enthusiasm same eager sustained persistence in face of failure same incredulous slowing down same ultimate discouragement disbelief and disgust all that day i shoveled and panned the early morning freshness soon dissipated between the high mountain walls the heat reflected. All the quail stood beneath the shade of bushes, their beaks half open as though panting. The birds that had sung so sweetly in the early morning had somewhere sought repose. I could occasionally catch glimpses of our horses dozing under trees. Even the chirping insects were still. As far as I could make out, I was the only living thing foolish enough to stay abroad and awake in that suffocating heat the sweat dripped from me in streams my eyes ached from the glare of the sun on the rocks and the bleached grasses toward the close of the afternoon i confessed sneakily to myself that i was just a little glad i had found no gold and that i hoped the others had been equally unfortunate the thought of working day after day in that furnace heat was too much for me my hopes were fulfilled all came in that night tired hot dirty and discouraged not one of the eight of us had raised a sign of color well said bagsby philosophically that's all right we've just got to go higher tomorrow we'll move upstream accordingly next day we turned at right angles to our former route and followed up the bed of the canyon ten or twelve miles toward the distant main ranges it was in general rather hard scrabbling for the horses, though we footmen did well enough. Sometimes we crossed wide flats, resembling the one we had just left. Again, where the canyon narrowed, we had actually to stumble in the rocks of the stream bed. Twice we forded, and twice we had to make great climbs up and down again in order to get by points that came boldly down to the river. It was curious to see the nature of the country change. The pines on the mountains to our right and left seemed to push down nearer to our level. The grass turned green. The stream narrowed and became swifter. The sky seemed to turn bluer, and from the ranges breathed a cool, refreshing wind. About four o'clock we camped. The flat was green, little clumps of cedar pushed out across it. The oaks had given place to cottonwoods. We now had to make acquaintance with new birds, but what particularly interested us was the fact that at this point the high canyon walls at either side broke into rounder hills that opened out widely, and that from among them descended many ravines, barrancas, and dry washes. The following morning we went prospecting again. My instructions were for dry washes in the sides of the hills. Accordingly, I scrambled up among the boulders in the nearest V-shaped ravine. I had hardly to look at all. Behind a large boulder lay a little cup-like depression of stones, in which evidently had stood a recently evaporated pool of water, and which, in consequence, was free from the usual dusty rubble. In the interstices between the stones my eye caught a dull glitter, I fell on my knees dug about with the point of my Bowie knife and so unearthed small nuggets aggregating probably a half ounce in weight although mightily tempted to stay for more i minded our agreement to report promptly the first discovery and started back to camp why i did not come ahead her in that fearful boulder-strewn wash i cannot tell you certainly i took no care of my going but leaped recklessly from rock to rock like a goat when I reached the flat, I ran, whooping like an Indian. From the river I could see Johnny and Buck Barry running too, and had sense enough to laugh, as it occurred to me, they must think us attacked by Indians. Far down the stream, I could just make out figures I knew to be Yank and McNally. They too seemed to be coming to camp, though I could not imagine that my shouts had carried so far. I burst in on Bagsby, who was smoking his pipe, and leisurely washing the breakfast dishes with a whoop lifted him bodily by the shoulders whirled him around in a clumsy dance he aimed a swipe at me with a wet dishcloth that caught me across the eyes you tarnation young grizzly bear said he i wiped the water from my eyes johnny and buckberry ran up somehow they did not seem to be anticipating an indian tack after all johnny ran up to thump me on the back isn't it great, he cried, right off the reel. First pop, Bagsby, old sport, you're a wonder. He started for Bagsby, who promptly rushed for his long rifle. I'm going to kill the first lunatic I see, he announced. Johnny laughed excitedly and turned back to thump me again. How did you guess what it was, I asked. Didn't, just blundered on it. What, I yelled, have you struck it too? First shovel, said Johnny. But you don't mean i thrust my three nuggets under his eyes say broke in buck barry if you fellows know where the whiskey is hide it and hide it quick if i see it i'll get drunk yank and mcnally at this moment strolled from around the bushes we all burst out on them see your fool nuggets and color and raise you this drawled yank and he hauled from his pocket the very largest chunk of virgin gold it has ever been my good fortune to behold it was irregular in shape, pitted and scored, shaped a good deal like an egg, and nearly its size. One pound and a tiny fraction that great nugget balanced when we got around to weighing it. And then to crown the glorious day, which the gods were brimming for us, came Don Gaspar and Vasquez, trailed by that long and saturnine individual Missouri Jones. The Spaniards were outwardly calm, but their eyes snapped as soon as they saw us, they waved their hats. "'Ah, also you have found the gold,' cried Don Gaspar, sensing immediately the significance of our presence. "'We, too, it is of good color. They're above by the bend.' His eyes widened as he saw what Yank held. "'Madre Dios!' he murmured. McNally, who had said and done nothing, suddenly uttered a resounding whoop and stood on his hands. "'Missouri Jones!' taking aim spat carefully into the center of the fire missing the dishpan by a calculated and accurate inch the country is just lousy with gold he pronounced then we blew up we hugged each other we pounded each other's backs we emulated mcnally's wild irish whoops finally we joined hands and danced around and around the remains of the fire kicking up our heels absurdly Bagsby, a leathery grin on his face stood off one side. He still held his long-barreled rifle, which he presented at whoever neared him. "'I tell you, look out,' he kept saying over and over. "'I'm shooting lunatics today, and apparently there's plenty game to choose from.'" End of chapter 22